Howdy, welcome to Texas Public Policy Foundation. My name is Greg Sindelar. I have the great privilege of leading this fine organization and I appreciate all of y'all. <laughs> I love the Lennons, oh, you're so great. Um, well, uh, we have the great privilege of having our governor here today to talk about what transpired over the course of the 88th regular session and what he sees transpiring over the course of the special sessions uh, coming up. And, you know, I think it does, it, we, do, we should take a moment to really look at what is happening in Texas. You know, Texas has long been a beacon of hope for the rest of America. And under Governor Abbott's leadership, we have seen that beacon grow stronger and stronger. So without further ado, please help me welcome our good friend, the 48th governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. Governor, thanks for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you. Great to be back. <laughs> it's great to be here. Um, all right, well, so the format today, I have a few questions for you. Hopefully we'll have some time maybe to get to a couple audience questions, but I kind of want to dive in because there's a lot, lot to cover and a lot going on. But one of the things I really wanted to start with is there are actually a lot of good, I know there's unfinished business, but there are a lot of good things that happened during the 88th regular session. And I think as conservatives, we oftentimes forget to celebrate some of our victories. So I was curious from your vantage point, what are the things that you're most excited about that got done and maybe you've signed or will sign soon into law here in Texas? It's a fair point. Listen, uh, first, uh, in, in the order that you went, uh, there are more things that have to be done. Uh, you may have noticed there's two items on the special session call. You may notice that I said I would be calling multiple special sessions. We've got to take these things in steps. Listen, uh, property, and we'll be talking more about property taxes later, but property taxes is so important. We're going to get it taken care of before we go on to other issues to make sure we address everything, but we may be here a while. Uh, but, but that said, listen, what, what Greg said is extraordinarily true. Uh, and that is what we were able to accomplish this past session truly is transformative. Let me just give you a couple of examples. As we all know, Texas already has the best business environment of any state in the United States of America. What we did this session is making that business and regulatory environment even better. As you know, one thing that we're working on as we speak is to build a wall on our southern border. Because of what we've done with the business and regulatory environment this session, we may have to build the wall on the northern border, on the western border, on the eastern border, to make sure we protect Texas. So let, let me tell you what we did. One is uh, we passed something that we do expect to see other states try to copy, uh, and that is this massive regulatory preemption law. This is something, ironically, that I first talked about at TPPF years ago, saying we needed a, a one-shot strategy to override these overburdensome regulations at the local level. It didn't happen then, and we had to do one-off overriding of specific regulations at the local level. This time with Senator Creighton and Representative Burroughs, uh, we did across the board regulatory preemption so that uh, local governments, city of Austin, for example, 
are not going to be able to micromanage businesses in the state of Texas, especially driving up the costs for local businesses. And we, we're going to have one regulatory regime across the entire state on massive subject areas that will make the cost of business even lower, the ease of business even better. And then to tie that in together with some other things we did, we passed a law that creates business courts in the state of Texas. Re remember this. Uh, I, I see you know, Robin over here from Harris County, and she knows in, in Harris County, people who run for judges in Harris County don't run as Republicans or Democrats. They run as socialists, and, and they judge as socialists. Uh, and that undermines the rule of law, especially as it concerns things like contracts and agreements that businesses enter into. So now we're going to have a new layer of courts called business courts. And then in addition to that, we created another court of appeals. As of right now, Texas has 14 courts of appeals arrayed around the state. This session, we added a 15th court of appeals uh, that will be in charge of uh, ruling on a variety of subject matters, the largest of which involves issues concerning uh, the state of Texas and Texas state agencies. As a result, it will not be the you know, liberal Austin Court of Appeals that's deciding the fate of the future of Texas. Instead, there will be independently elected uh, judges on the 15th Court of Appeals elected statewide uh, that will be uh, making reasoned decisions uh, about you know, uh, the interpretation of the laws uh, as, as well as the regulations affecting the state of Texas. Another way that we had a transformative uh, session uh, is, is the border. Listen, understand this, and, and that is last session, we spent about $4.5 billion to secure the border. This session, we're spending about $5.1 billion to secure the border. And not only does the Texas legislature like what we are now accomplishing on the border, but other states across the country like what they see, what Texas is doing across the border, because we have we worked our way through several different strategies, uh, and now we are deploying a strategy where Texas, for the first time in the history of the United States of America, we are repelling people at the border and returning them back and not allowing them to cross into the state of Texas. You may have seen when Title 42 was lifted, you saw the, the massive groups of people trying to cross the border from Matamoros and into Brownsville uh, only to meet uh, the concertina razor wire that was backed up by the Texas National Guard as well as Texas Department of Public Safety officers, incapable of entering into the state of Texas. We, th that was actually a plan that we had developed six months ago and deployed first in El Paso, Texas, and now we are deploying it in regions across Texas. Other governors across the country have seen the value of this where states together can now step up and do what Joe Biden is not doing, and that is to stop people from illegally entering into the United States of America. They are now sending their National Guard, uh, their uh, local state uh, law enforcement officials to help our local officials to make sure that we will seal the border and deny access to anybody trying to enter into our state illegally. Now, there's so much more that we, we did on the border. Uh, there was a, a law uh, that was passed uh, declaring 
and designating these Mexican drug cartels as terrorist organizations. Uh, and you know, one of the biggest problems we have because of the border is the inpouring of fentanyl. Texas law enforcement alone has seized enough fentanyl to kill every man, woman, and child in the entire United States of America. What Texas law enforcement is doing is literally saving lives across the country. But what's happening with this fentanyl is that either drug dealers or others are knowingly lacing it on to other medications that cause people to lose their lives. Fentanyl is the leading cause of death in America for people between the ages of 18 and 45. And we're just not gonna take it anymore in the state of Texas. And so we have now made it a poisoning to lace fentanyl on to these other drugs. And in Texas, we will now be prosecuting it as murder, which is exactly what it is, putting these people behind bars for a long time. <laughs> Greg, we had a, a very transformative session as it concerns higher education. We completely transformed uh, the way that we are funding two-year community college programs. We are paying them on the basis of outcomes. They have to uh, provide degree programs that will educate students, training them for high-paying jobs that are in high demand, ensuring that when they graduate from a two-year program, they're going to get a good job. And we should be paying on the basis of outcomes. One of the best programs like this in the state of Texas is the Texas State Technical College. They do not get paid until one of their graduates gets a job. That is outcomes-based funding. That's the way it should work but also as it concerns higher education. On higher education, we wanted to ensure that Texas did not go down the same pathways as we've seen some other states go down where you have leftist agendas being promoted by our colleges and universities. And that's why we pass laws to bring our colleges and universities more in line with the ideology of the state of Texas. Uh, and that's why uh, we passed a law saying that women and only women will be competing in women's sports in our colleges and universities. It's also why we outlawed and defunded DEI being used in universities. We will not use taxpayer dollars to fund DEI ideologies in our universities. We also were quite transformative in what we're doing to build a better and stronger Texas to make sure that we will all have the resources we need as our state continues to grow. We invested uh, in a big way in dispatchable power generation to make sure that our power grid would be more reliable. And we invested uh, several billion dollars uh, to make sure that we would uh, build out the water resources that we need as well as to uh, repair the water infrastructure uh, problems that we have to make sure that every Texan that is going to have access to the water that we need uh, as we continue to grow. And then a couple of other things, you know, one, one way in which we're protecting the kids in the state. We are now passing a law to ensure that going forward, no child will be victimized uh, by uh, gender mutilation. We should not allow sex organs of children to be cut off. That's something that cannot be tolerated in this state. 
And Greg, I'll, I'll mention one last one that uh, ensures that Texas will not go down the pathway of what we've seen in places like Portland, Oregon, and San Francisco, and Los Angeles, and Chicago, and New York, and others. And that is we passed a law to make sure that we will rein in rogue district attorneys in the state of Texas. If you want to be in law enforcement, you must enforce the laws passed by the state legislature, period. Governor, I, I think you're right. And, you know, you look at what happens in other states, you know, you know, they're facing massive budget deficits and people are leaving. And as a lot of these things, I think, will ensure that Texas remains the best place to raise a family, run a business, et cetera. But, you know, you also look at one of the, your things that you've talked a lot about and we've talked a lot about is how do we actually ensure that people feel long-lasting property tax relief. And you have stated uh, before that you want to deliver the largest property tax cut in the history of the state, and you want to use the, the record budget surplus that we have to do that. You know, you, obviously that's one of the reasons we're back here in a special session. There's lots of discussion. Uh, I'm sure many people are curious about what you have to say about that. But what do you see happening so that we can make sure we deliver this for Texans? Sure, well, I'm gonna fully answer your question, but first I want to help everybody understand the ideological context from which I come and from which you come and from which TPPF comes. Let's go back to our very beginning. Listen, a, a lot of people here across the country, maybe across the world, they have questioned Texas at every turn from our very beginning. One thing about Texas has been in our DNA from the very beginning and our lineage all the way up until today. In Texas, we go big and we make sure we will accomplish our big vision. It didn't matter that we lost at the Battle of the Alamo because we had our eye on the prize. We knew a couple of weeks later we were going to win our independence and make Texas an independent country. We knew from the beginnings the challenges of trying to make money off of the land. There were ups and downs, but Texas found a way to turn our state into one of the, the leading, if not the leading agricultural state in the country, leading the country in production of, of cattle and cotton and so many other products. But we also found another way to profit off of our land. We found oil and gas under our property, only to find later on, just a few decades ago, all the wise prognosticators were saying, well, uh, listen, we are at peak oil, in, in Texas, we'll never be able to produce uh, more oil again, only to learn uh, that people like George Mitchell as well as other Texans were the innovators that led uh, to new ways uh, to both find and extract oil and gas from our land, so much so now uh, that Texas uh, may be fourth, may be third among countries in the world for oil production. Saudi Arabia and Russia are first and second and it's either Texas or Iraq that's going to be third. I can tell you this, Texas is going to pass Iraq. We will be the third largest producer of oil in the entire world. And we know this. The Texas economy has seen ups and downs because our economy was hinged to the oil and gas sector for so many years. But, and we knew we needed to diversify our economy. And that process uh, began uh, back when George W. Bush got elected to be governor of the state of Texas, and we have perfected it since then, so much so. Our economy not only is more diverse than it's ever been, Texas this past year became home to more 
Fortune 500 company headquarters than any other state in the United States of America. My point is this. We don't do things half-heartedly. We don't do things in portions. We think about what is the big way to go? What's the real solution that we need? We set our minds on achieving that solution, and then we go for it. If we don't get it the first time, we'll get it the second time or third time. But by God, a Texan will not be stopped as it concerns achieving our goal. One of the entities in our state that epitomizes that as much as any other is the Texas Public Policy Foundation, kind of the ideological thought leader for the state. Uh, they were, as far as I know, uh, the, the leader as a concern, this ideology of what we want to achieve. What we want to achieve in the state of Texas is to eliminate your property taxes. Make them go away. Imagine this vision that was cast by the Texas Public Policy Foundation. You open up your tax bill, and you see this uh, massive valuation that's put on your home. Uh, and then you go look at, at the tax rate at, at which your home is going to be taxed for property taxes. Your home, let's say it's the average home, $300,000 is what your home valuation is. Then you look over the line, and you see... Uh, at the school district maintenance and operation tax, and the tax rate is zero. Do you know what 300,000 times zero equals? <laughs> zero. Zero is what we want you to pay for your property taxes in the state of Texas. <laughs> and listen, we, we took a step along that pathway back in 2019. It was, in, in fact, the leaders of this effort uh, were the Lieutenant Governor and Senator Betancourt, who were the architects of creating the plan that uh, led to the first iteration of us in the state of Texas actually using money to drive down the property tax rates uh, in the state of Texas. And it took a while for it to filter through the system. But earlier this year, there was a story uh, in uh, several newspapers uh, showing that in places like Houston and San Antonio, they showed that tax bills, property tax bills, for Texans actually were going down for the very first time. So that brings us to uh, what happened in the last session, back in 2021. Some people will remember that we had overtime in that legislative year also. And in the last special session, uh, there was a bill that was proposed uh, by Senator Betancourt that would have uh, put in about 50% of our surplus to continue that process of driving down those property tax rates. It didn't get passed, but it was a good idea. Now we are on the threshold again in the 2023 session, and we have something that other states could only dream of. While California is sitting on something like a $25 billion budget deficit, Texas has an all-time record budget surplus of about $35 billion. Whose money is that? You're darn right. And, and who, does, who should we be giving it to? 
that you're exactly right. And I think one of the best ways we can give it back to you uh, is by cutting your property taxes with the largest property tax cut in the history of the state of Texas. So the good news is, and some, some people I see in the crowd heard me talk on the campaign trail. At a time when I was talking about Texas having, or let's say using, about $13 billion to cut your property taxes. That turned out not to be true. Because now we are going to be using more than $17 billion to cut your property taxes. So the good news is we've already dedicated and appropriated the amount of money that we're going to use to cut your property taxes, now we just need to decide how we are going to cut those property taxes. And let's go back to where I began when I started this conversation about property taxes. How should we approach it? In the typical Texas fashion, we must go big. We must dream big, dream the possibility that we can eliminate property taxes in Texas. You got to dream it and then you got to do it. And so what I say we do is we use that $17 billion to drive down your property tax rates. If we do that, that will cut your property tax rate for school MNO by 29%. That will put us on a pathway where in the ensuing sessions, we will be able to get to zero for your property tax rate for your school district property taxes. That will help you achieve what TPPF wants to achieve, what I want to achieve, but most importantly, what Texans want. Texans want to own their own property, not rent it from government. We must provide that by eliminating property taxes in Texas. Now, some people say, well, gosh, we, we just can't afford it. There, like I said before, there have been doubters about the Texas willpower in the past. There have been people who question our vision. But one thing Texans approved, we're capable of doing it. Let me tell you why. Texas has the number one fastest growing economy in the United States of America. Our economy is now more than $2.3 trillion a year. Think about this. We're trying to spend $17 billion this session out of an economy that produces $2.3 trillion a year. Do the math. We're seeking to use 0.007% of our whole GDP to drive down property taxes just this session. $17 billion divided by $2.35 trillion is less than one-tenth of one percent of our gross domestic product. We can do it. Let me tell you something else that a lot of people have not calculated in about our capability to ensure that we're going to have the resources that will continue to allow us to have the funding that we need to drive down your property tax rates. One is our largest source of revenue in the state is sales taxes. And Texas is the number one state for population growth. Think of all these people who are coming in from these other states by the tune of hundreds of thousands of people per year. Those are hundreds of thousands of people who are paying sales taxes in the state of Texas. We know the economy is going to go up. The economy is going to go down. 
We also know that we have hundreds of thousands or more people putting into our sales tax revenue every single year. Similarly, we have a franchise tax in the state of Texas. You know all those businesses that are coming into the state? They're paying more in franchise taxes every single year. My point is we have continued revenue streams. But think about this. What if you did get your property tax bill and it showed zero was your property tax rate for school property taxes, saving you collectively, Texas, billions of dollars? <laughs> Not, there may be somebody here who gets it. Who? <laughs> If there's anyone here who would save a billion dollars, I'd like to meet you backstage after this thing's over. <laughs> Collectively, it's, it's going to reduce the property tax burden by billions of dollars. What's going to happen with those savings? People are going to go out and buy more things where they're paying more sales taxes. None of those things have been put into the calculus of what should be put in there. But well, there's another factor, something I know that TPPF believes in, I believe pretty much everybody in this room believes in. Texas can and must find additional ways to cut spending wherever we can. <laughs> cut spending, there, there, there's, there's a more strategic way of cutting spending, and that's by dedicating revenue to make sure that you will not spend that money in the first place. We can always dedicate revenue or find ways to cut spending to make sure we live within our means. It's the same process that every family in Texas goes through when they buy a house in the first place. If you buy a house, you may think, well, this is a stretch for us. We may not have the income. Gosh, what if we get sick or we lose our job? Whatever the case may be. People face unknowns when they buy a house, but they make a commitment. We're gonna buy this house we have the, we're going to find a way to, to find the money to pay for it, and we'll be disciplined. We have to pay our mortgage first, and then we can pay for everything else later. We can make that same discipline approach to the Texas budget to make sure first we invest in the people of Texas, the taxpayers of Texas, by the first thing we do is to return your taxes to you by driving down your property tax rate until it gets to zero so you no longer have to pay property taxes and you get to own your own property in this state. Very good, Governor. Well, that's, I, I, as a homeowner, I can't wait for that day. Um, <laughs> so, sir, uh, shifting gears a little bit, you know, you've been around the state. You're like that Johnny Cash song, I've been everywhere, man. You, you've been there and done that. And we've done several events with you talking about education, parental empowerment. And, and parental choice. Can you talk a little bit about why this is such an important issue and why it's time for Texas to finally unleash the potential of every child in the state? First, let me thank TPPF for, for the role that you play. Listen, TPPF. <laughs> TPPF was uh, kind of the, one of the lead architects of this uh, and one of the leading promoters of this. And you've been pushing and pushing and pushing the Texas legislature to get there. And we are closer than we've ever been. You know, it, 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 to use a golf metaphor, if I could, several sessions ago, we were on the tee box. Uh, last session, we were in the fairway. Now we're on the putting green. Uh, we've gotten so close. And uh, before I go on, I just got to say, you know, as I traveled around the state, I, I traveled around with uh, Mandy Drogan, 
and I, I don't know if she's here or not. Is, is she, she's with her kids. Oh, yeah. Well, she, <laughs> as a good mom, I should, told her it was okay. Exactly. So, so Mandy and I traveled across the state in whistle-stop campaign-style tours, talking to parents, talking to educators, talking to Texans, and hearing the same thing over and over again, hearing the desperate need that so many parents have to choose the school that's best for their child. Listen, there, there's a reality, a reality that, that surfaced every single location we went to. I heard what, this story repeatedly because after we gave a presentation, I would stay on stage and take pictures with and talk to everybody who was there. And amongst the crowds at every location, some mom would come up and say, listen, here's the deal about my family. I have three kids. One is enrolled in public schools. Another is going to a private school. And another is homeschool. And the reason for that is because each pathway for each child was the best for them. And that was very true of that family. If that's true of that family, think how much more that's true for the entire population in the state of Texas. For most people, like myself, my local public school was the right choice for that family or for me. I went to public schools my entire life, and if I had to do it all over again, I would not change it. But other parents have, well, here's the deal. So she said, she said yeah, yeah, I would, but understand this. One thing people say is if we have school choice in the state of Texas, uh, it's going to end high school football as we know it. So the, the reason why I wouldn't change uh, is because last year, my high school won state championship in high school football. We, and it's not gonna change. It's not gonna change high school football. But what, what, let me tell you what school choice will do. First, it empowers parents. Who is given the responsibility to be the primary educator of their children? Parents. No one can take that away. No one loves a child more than their parent. No one knows what's better for a child than their parent. Everyone knows every child has their own unique needs. Only a parent can best discern that. Parents must be given the first opportunity to choose the education pathway that's best for their child. We as a state have an obligation to ensure that we empower every parent in the state to choose the education pathway that's best for their child, knowing that that will lead to the best education result. And that's one reason why I support school choice. It was kind of funny because as Mandy and I went around the state of Texas, the first stop that we went to, the speaking order is there would be some educators speak, and then I spoke, and then Mandy spoke, and Mandy had no idea what I was gonna say. And in the, the first presentation, I said, School choice, and the way to do that is with ESAs. It, you, you, you could see Mandy fall off her chair. She said she had no idea I was going to rip off the Band-Aid from the very beginning. But it's very simple to do, and let me explain to you why. This past week, there was a study that came out that comes out every year. It's the U.S. News and World Report study of the top 100 public high schools in the United States. Pull that out, check it out. Because here's what you're gonna find. The state that ranks number one in the United States for the most public high schools in the top 100 high schools is Arizona. 
a big time school choice state that uses ESAs. Tied for number two is Florida, another big time ESA state. The point is this, the schools that rank, I mean the states that rank number one and two in the United States for the best public high schools in America are the two states that are leading the way on ESAs and school choice and parental empowerment. It doesn't lead to a decimation of our public schools, it leads to an improvement in our public schools. My goal, so my vision for public education and all education is in part to empower parents, but I want to make sure that our kids are getting the best education. I want to make sure that Texas is ranked number one for the best public high schools in America. And it seems like the pathway to achieve that goal is the ESA pathway, because what it does, it ensures that not only parents will choose what's best for the child, but it eliminates the monopoly that is, exists on the education system. I don't care if you're in government, if you're not in government. One thing we found across the world, and especially in the United States, monopolies that eliminate competition are not the best pathway to the best results. It hinders the competition that's needed to achieve the best results. Now, I heard over and over again when I was talking to educators that were attending my events, they began to relent a little bit and said, well, listen, if we're going to go down a pathway, we just want a level playing field. Let's get rid of the star test, for example. I listen, I learn, I processed, and we implemented. The bill that we're working on not only provides ESAs and school choice for parents, for the public schools the kids are leaving behind, it eliminates the dreaded star test and requires teachers to focus on what's best for educating their kids in the classroom provides so many other benefits to public schools, including more teacher pay raises, more funding for rural schools. There's a total package that will make education in Texas far better. I will never relent. I will never give up. We will have a special session coming up after, after we get property tax reform fixed, uh, where we will dive into and work on and pass school choice in the state of Texas. Amen. Well, Governor, as, as a parent of uh, two young kids, one who uh, is in private school and one who's in public school, I appreciate you leaning in on this because as, as I've noticed as a parent, right, they have different learning needs and the more tools we can give to parents to unleash that potential, the better our state will be and I think will really take us and lead us forward. So I appreciate your, your support and your, your leadership on that. All right, so now we have uh, time for a couple questions. And uh, what we're going to do is first, I want everyone to know you have to ask a question. And we have limited time, so you have to be uh, concise in your question. And it has to end in a question mark. And you have to wait for Clint to come to you with the microphone. All right, so, so Clint, right here, right, right here. Thank you, Governor. Uh, my name is Pastor Willie Davis from Houston Harris County, Texas. First of all, I want to thank you for fighting for school choice. They give parents and students a voice, and not only that, but an alternative. My question is, do you believe that in this session, that in the greatest state in the United States, that we are going to have 
schools charge provided for all? And you may have already answered that, but just in case, would you? Uh, the, the short answer is yes, with a clarification. You, you said this session, which would mean this special session. So this special session, each special session lasts 30 days. And, and I, I, I can't tell you when property taxes will be resolved. And so I cannot guarantee it's going to be this session. I can tell you, however, that it's not just school choice. There are a lot of other issues that remain to be addressed. And we will be, as I said when I first issued my call for the first special session, I call it special session number one, meaning it's not the end. We're going to have multiple special sessions until we get these issues addressed, and there will be an appropriate time when we bring up school choice. And if it doesn't pass, we're going to bring it up again. We're going to keep pressing on it. Very good. Well, we won't take any vacations around here, Governor. Okay. All right. We have time for one last question. I'm sorry. The governor does have to go. So right back here in the back. Wonderful. Thank you, for Governor, for being here today and for all you do to lead the greatest state in our great nation. What can we do to support you in your efforts? So this, this is, is a great question for those who didn't hear. What, what can, she said, what can we do uh, to support us in our efforts? And, and, and that is you got to get engaged. You know, this isn't like some sporting event where you sit in the stands and you watch the players on the field. Uh, politics uh, is uh, a process where it's the citizens on the field that matter the most. You're the voters. By God, you're the one who elect or unelect uh, the members to all these different offices. We need you involved in this process. Your voice matters. Your voice must be heard, whether it be taking property taxes down to zero, whether it be school choice, whatever the issue is, get in the game, get involved, be relentless, contact your elected officials, make your voice heard. Do not give up until they vote to lower your property taxes to zero until they vote in favor of school choice in the state of Texas. All right, thank you, Governor. That is all the time we have today. I'm so sorry. I know you have to, you have to get going. Um, I wanted to thank you for coming here. Thank you for your leadership. I know there's unfinished business, but I have no doubt that with your leadership, the lieutenant governor's leadership, and the speaker's leadership, that we will deliver for Texas. So thank you for being here. Thank you all for being here. God bless Texas.